0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of How I Built It. Today's episode is sponsored by two great companies. The first is Sakuri. Sakuri is website security done right. They will protect, detect, and respond quickly. That means you're always protected from hackers and other breaches. They offer everything from website scanning to SSL setup and mitigation of attacks like denial of service. If you want peace of mind for your website, head over to Sucuri.net today. That's S-U-C-U-R-I.net today. Our next sponsor is SiteGround. SiteGround offers top-notch, affordable website hosting that's faster, more secure, and better supported than everyone else. I host all of my websites on SiteGround and I couldn't be happier. They offer everything from basic single site plans to full developer plans with staging sites, multi-domain support, and more and by setting up siteground hosting through how i built it you can save up to 60% on your first year head over to howibuilt.show/sg for more information that's howibuilt.show/sg and now on with the show hey everybody welcome to another episode of how i built it the podcast that asks how did you build that today my guest is jeff sheldon of ugmunk jeff thanks for joining me today
1: yeah thanks for having me on
0: Awesome. So I've been a big fan of your work uh, for a while. I think I, I came on around your fourth anniversary edition stuff. Uh, I've got your uh, ampersand logo uh, in various places around my apartment. So uh, I'm really excited to talk to you about this. Um, and I want to start with just like a, a simple introduction about uh, you and ugmunk and, and uh, how you came up with this idea. So uh, can you tell us, you know, kind of what made you start Ugmunk?
1: Sure, I'll give you the short version um, of how I kind of got started into this crazy entrepreneurial journey of uh, essentially selling physical products through my e-commerce store. Um, So I grew up doing all sorts of art, uh, painting, drawing, sketching, that kind of thing, always making things, building things out of Legos, just fascinated with that type of uh, creation process. And then I later studied graphic design in college and um, was able to apply a lot of the same principles of art and and things that I love, but more in a commercial sense. And then got my first job and moved up to Vermont, where I was working at an agency. And fresh out of college, I was excited to design and do all these creative projects, like um, uh, just being fresh out of school. And my role there was not necessarily super creative. So um, I decided to start a little side project to keep my hands busy, just because I'm not somebody that can really sit around and and, uh, sit in front of the TV. I'm just too uh fidgety for that. So I I started uh, what is now known as Ugmunk, which was just a side a small side project to design t-shirts that I wanted to wear and then sell them online. Um and it's obviously evolved quite a bit from that, but that was the origin of of how I got my start. Um and a little bit of backstory how I got into t-shirts was that I was doing some contests for uh sites like Threadless uh and Designed by Humans where you essentially get to Design a shirt, submit it, and then people vote on it, and then they pick the top ones to print and uh That's how I got my entry into the the whole apparel and t shirt world, but design was always at the forefront of everything that I wanted to do like the design process was what i loved
0: nice that's that's awesome, and uh you know I know that um a lot of people like try to kind of make t shirts I've done it a bunch of times, but uh, it's something that you you really do well so it's it's really cool that um you're able to apply your, your graphic design, um, skills to do, and not only t-shirts now, but, uh, your, um, your like metal ampersand, uh, desk, desk thing. And I have that and I think it's like absolutely beautiful. So you make a lot of really cool stuff and I'm really excited to kind of dig deeper into that. Thanks. Yeah. What kind of research did you do before starting this? If any, was it like, uh, cause you know, there's like, there are tons of t-shirt sites out there, you know? So did you do research to, See how you could kind of differentiate yourself or was this kind of like a whim thing?
1: Um, I was definitely doing some research on the t-shirt side of things and, and pretty involved. Now, this was back in 2008. So before social media, um, it was all about forums. So I'd spend time in these different forums learning about t-shirts and printing techniques and design techniques and just what works well on a t-shirt. Um, but just self, you know, self-learned on when it came to that side of things. I don't have a fashion background or new. I didn't know too much about any of it, um, which is kind of the, the moral of my whole story is that I, I'm making it up as I go and just learning along the way. Um, and as I started getting into researching t-shirts, um, as soon as I wanted to branch into other products, uh, I just followed that same path. Just you know, a lot of Googling, a lot of talking to people figuring out the different things of how do I make a physical product? Um, and then how do I sell it? And how do I market it? How do I, you know, use e commerce, use the e commerce tools that were out there and customize. Um, so just little steps along the way to figure everything out um, until it is where it is today, eight years later, and we have, you know, we ship thousands of products all over the world.
0: Nice. So when you're building these products, do you get like uh, material samples or things like that? And, and how do you figure out like, what brand to use and uh like what works you know like you have a wax canvas bag like I'm really curious as to what went into creating that
1: yeah I mean sampling the sampling process is definitely part of it um I actually made one of my earliest mistakes uh getting my first run of shirts without getting samples and they actually turned out really uh poor quality and had to it was a whole long saga of trying to get those fixed, but, but now I get samples of everything, uh, material samples, print samples. I have my printers or my manufacturers send over photos and <clears throat> um, kind of work back and forth on either just through video chat or through mailing physical samples back and forth to kind of uh, iterate on each prototype of something like the bag uh, and really, because they're physical products, I have to be able to touch and feel them. Like It's one thing to show somebody a digital prototype or show someone a photo, but if I can't feel the fabric or see how it reacts or see how it um, you know, feels in my hand, uh, it'd be kind of impossible to build physical products just virtually. Uh, so that's a big part of you know, having this stuff coming in. I have all sorts of prototypes and, and fabric swatches and blank t-shirts that I've gotten over the years just to really try and decipher what um, direction I want to go and find the things that are best, the best quality out there.
0: Gotcha. And so what do you think is the best quality t-shirt? I guess I could like check one of the t-shirts I have, but what do you think is the best out there?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess best is a little subjective, but uh, we're using right now we're using different, a couple different fabric blends, tri blend 50, 50 and a hundred percent cotton, but these aren't just the same. There's so many grades and varying levels in each of those. Um, Mm -hmm. You can get a t-shirt for 99 cents from overseas but the shirts that we're using are um, mostly made in the U S and are much higher quality and even the cotton and the dyes and everything all the way down to the printing techniques and the the type of inks that we use. Um, There's such a range in quality. So we definitely uh, are not set up for a wholesale model because we have, you know, our costs are so high, but, but that's in order to produce the best uh, product that we can.
0: Gotcha. Cool. Very cool. And um, uh, on top of the, the, research to kind of find the the products that you want to put out there getting the samples and things like that uh, i've I've recently found that talking to people helps a lot uh you know I kind of revamped a business over the summer and that came after tons of conversations with people in the space or kind of in the adjacent space to what I wanted to be in uh, do you do you talk to anybody are you part of a a, a mastermind group or or get business advice from anybody?
1: Um, <clears throat> sure. I've been in various uh, kind of mastermind groups or, or mostly, but what I find mostly beneficial is just reaching out to individuals um, who either have been, again, like you said, in the space or might have a contact or know someone else that could connect us. And uh, those those conversations, just jumping on Skype or jumping on the phone, um, you know, the more people you talk to, the more you're able to learn from. And And there's a difference between learning from somebody and then just trying to leech all the information and not do any of your homework. Um, so I try to always go into those calls or those opportunities mm-hmm. showing them like, look, I've figured out these are the three types of manufacturing processes or, or some sort of knowledge so they know that I'm not just coming asking for, for free uh, information. Um, so I think there's, yeah, for people starting out, it's great to talk to people and it's great to ask questions, but it's also great to do your own research and, and do as much as you can on your own to show that you've you know you're working hard at it as well
0: that's that's a really great piece of advice right it's uh it would be one thing for me to reach out to somebody and be like hey i want to start an online course what do i do but it's another thing to say these are the things i'm thinking about trying these are what i've seen worked other places what do you recommend um because it it, right it shows that you you're bringing something to the table uh that's that's a really great piece of advice um so why don't we get on to the the title question here right and this question uh in previous episodes has been geared to people who have at, who've built things on the web right and I know you have a website and a shop and I'd love to hear how that's powered but I I'm, I'm I'll be honest with you I can't really make anything with my hands uh, I'm very lucky computers exist uh, because without them I I don't know what I'd be doing so um I I'd, I'd be really really curious to learn kind of uh, you know, maybe you could cherry pick a couple of projects uh, of products and talk about the process for creating those.
1: Yeah. Um, I can start with just t-shirts, which are kind of the, the most basic, most basic process um, creation process for what I do. And um, it all starts for me either with a sketch, a hand-drawn sketch. So that's, you know, just getting out my pencils and sketchbook or a sketch in illustrator where I'm uh, maybe experimenting or playing around with different shapes or or fonts. And then I go through sometimes hundreds of iterations to get to to a place where I I feel like the design is finally polished or, um, and I've shared some of this stuff on my blog too, to show you kind of like, here's how the design started, here's how it evolved. Um, And then sometimes the end result looks nothing like the original sketch, Um, but you can see the layers of depth that I'm kind of working through and processing the same way that you would, uh, you know, wireframe a website and work through multiple prototypes and iterations of that to get it to the final site. Like It may not look like this this thumbnail, thumbnail sketch um, at the end, but there's um, I try to really be obsessive over all the details. Um, so if I'm doing a, let's just say I'm doing something that's got a hand-drawn typeface on it, um, I'll sketch those out on paper and then often I'll, I'll scan those in, bring it into Illustrator, um, and then turn them into a vector file just by manually clicking and dragging path points, uh, which is a tedious process. Again, this isn't like a, I just stick it in there, hit filter, and then then all of a sudden I have it ready. Um, And then, yeah, just a lot of time getting those um, paths the way I want them. Um, And then I go through different mock-up process where I'll figure out what colors work for the design, um, going through, mocking them up on different T-shirts and different colors, just in Illustrator. Um, because certain designs work better in certain colors and certain designs work great on t-shirts, but they don't work great as posters or vice versa. So it's really helpful to, to keep that in mind like as I'm designing. So I'm not just looking at it on a, on a piece of paper if it's supposed to be uh, the final um, design is going to be on a shirt. Um, and then once I have that kind of uh, finalized and I've picked, uh, picked the approximate colors, I'll break out my Pantone book, which uh, is essentially just a book of color swatches that is the universal standard for all colors uh, in the printing industry and because when you're looking at something on screen, you're looking at something in print it can look very different um, but it can be technically the same color Um, so the Pantone book allows me to pick the exact colors that I want so if it's a very specific light green I can specify that um, in the artwork um, before I send it to the screen printer Um, and then yeah, it's just a matter of uh, talking to my screen printer and sending them over all the notes about the artwork um, and working through a sample or two and then getting the final run uh, printed. And hopefully, all along the way, everything goes smoothly. But oftentimes, we have to tweak things or change things, or um, it's not maybe as easy as a process as that sounds. But that's the kind of in a nutshell.
0: Wow. Yeah. Th- I mean, that's, um, you know, th- it seems like there's probably a lot of upfront cost when you create a product like this. Is that right?
1: Yeah. We don't do a pre sale model, we order everything. Uh, like I'm buying the physical inventory before I release a product. Um, not that there's a right or wrong way to do that, but I like having the physical um, finished shirt that I can photograph, put on my website, um, so when people receive that, they know exactly what they're getting. It doesn't look different from a digital mock-up. And also, they don't have to keep people waiting. So there's like, if they buy it on Tuesday, you know, we're shipping it on Wednesday or Thursday, um, and it's getting right to them. So I like the immediacy of, of having that product um, and not worrying about it, maybe evolving into something else from the original thing that I showed customers to the thing that they received in the mail.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, and your photography, the photography on your website is, uh, beautiful. You know, I know you do like a, a lookbook too. And, and, uh, are those pictures that you take or do you hire somebody to take those?
1: Yeah. So I do all of the product, uh, photography, all the stuff that you'll see on the shop side and then any of the lifestyle lookbook stuff, I actually work with a friend who's a photographer um, who does some of the, he coordinates all the lookbook session with the models. And and it really brings a little bit of personality of what the brand is and, and kind of allows customers to say, like, I can see myself wearing that or I can see myself using that wallet um, through the lifestyle stuff. But um, I do spend a, a ton of time on the product side, on the product photography. Uh, something, again, that I've just been self-taught, but over the years have been able to, Kind of tweak my setup and make the products as crisp and as clear as I can, since that's the only time the customers get to interact with the product before they buy it.
0: Yeah, and I, I especially like your close-up shots. You know, it's it really shows how, kind of like the ink meets the the shirt and 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 things like that. Like I I, I really like that. It it makes it feel like mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at it in real life almost. So, um,
1: again, something that you can't do with a mock-up. Like you can. You can fake that in Photoshop, but because I have the printed shirt to photograph, I'm able to kind of show off all those special details like that, um, that otherwise would be hard to kind of replicate through just showing in Photoshop.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So aside from t-shirts, one of your most recent products was uh, uh, coffee, right? Uh, Like a custom run of, of coffee beans that you put out um what was the what was the process like for for that for kind of coming up with with your own brand of coffee and it was a limited edition uh right
1: yeah it was a a fun project um and I've done a few of these different collaborations that are just kind of a one-off fun project and and this wasn't to say like I'm gonna pivot my business and we're not gonna sell clothing we're gonna sell coffee from now on it was more of uh Uh, There's a local roaster called Square One that I'm a big fan of and have been a fan of for years. And then they actually had approached me when they saw me do another collaboration with uh, another uh, company last year. Um, And they were like, hey, if you ever want to do like a custom run of coffee, let's talk. And it it was a great partnership because they came with the specialty of being amazing roasters. They've won national awards for their coffee. They know exactly what they're doing when it comes to coffee. Um, and I, as a consumer, I love the coffee, I enjoy the coffee and I thought it'd be a fun thing to do to put my spin on the packaging, be able to design that, the whole presentation, the story, and then just pull those two things together really just as a fun project, not to, uh, try and make a ton of money or try and again, like change the business or the direction of where we're going. But, um, it was a lot of fun to do and I'm really happy with the the product. Um, we are completely sold out so I can't, uh, Pitch that on the show here, but there's uh, little projects like that that may not make a lot of sense from a business numbers and revenue generation standpoint. Uh, but for me, it's fun because I get to like, I got to bring my expertise, they got to bring their expertise, and then uh, we teamed up and, and made a really cool limited edition coffee.
0: Cool, very cool. And uh, the coffee is sold out, but you you do have like the companion uh, like Chemex leather grip. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So we released these leather Chemex collars. And for anyone that doesn't know what a Chemex is, it's just a simple glass uh, coffee pour over brewer that's been around for I think almost 50 years. Um, but we made these cool little leather wraps with the the, ampers- the Uggmonk ampersand embossed on the side um, just as a way to customize your your coffee setup. And we, we do still have those on the site and a lot of people are really loving those.
0: Nice. Uh, that's, that's awesome. So uh so you you started off as t-shirts. Um you've you do these uh smaller partnerships to put out things like uh like coffee and other things. Um so we've talked a little bit about this but uh what are what are some of the the milestone transformations in in your eyes as far as where Ugmonk was and where it is today?
1: Um yeah, I think if you look at like where I started and where we are today, like one of the cool things is that the, that my mission is still pretty much the same as it was from day one it was to create products that I wanted to exist. Um, that for the first iteration of that was t-shirts or the first medium was was t-shirts but I've since bran- uh, branched out onto into leather goods and and collaborations like the coffee um, and prints and, and all sorts of other apparel. Um, but the the transformation I feel like has really been a slow evolution um, to grow and kind of mature as a brand. I've matured as the designer, uh, I'm still learning, still growing, um, but you can kind of see like the trajectory from from eight years of doing this of how much more refined everything feels. So I don't think it's necessarily a uh, if you look at year three and you look at year four, all of a sudden we are a different brand. But it was a very slow, kind of evolving progression, um, and and I think people enjoy that like they enjoy following that journey and progression. I've had uh, people following the brand for years like you said you've been following for for at least 4 years now um and I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel and I'm not trying to do anything like crazy innovative but at the same time I'm just trying to keep pushing the brand to the next level
0: yeah oh absolutely and and I that, I I've said this a couple times but it shows in, in the quality of your work you know it's um you especially for these you know these smaller shops it's really important to kind of build that brand loyalty and then uh, continue, um, you know, continue kind of bringing that to the table, and and you've you've really excelled at that. You know your your anniversary editions. I haven't been able to buy them the last two years because I got married and and now um, my wife is expecting. But I hope yeah. to be someplace uh, soon where I, I can definitely like put put the money towards uh, that stuff because it's it's really great this collectible stuff and and it it looks fantastic.
1: Yeah, and I think even from the the website side of things and the branding, we just you know I just redesigned our our whole brand uh, a few months back, and I think even looking at that like the iterations of the website, the iterations of the logo, and and how things have changed um, is just really fun. And sometimes I forget like how far we've come from the original uh, wood grain background <laughs> website that I had thrown up uh, in two thousand eight, but. Yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of fun to to continue working on the same thing for, like, such a long period of time.
0: So it sounds like you want to continue uh, working on this. And um, uh, so I want to ask, what are your plans for the future of Monk? What can people look forward to? Uh,
1: the first thing would be just more products. Uh, I've got a list. I have list upon list of product ideas and things I want to make. Um, some... I guess I can uh, I can hint that we're hopefully going to be launching a uh, Kickstarter for a new desk product, office product that I've been working on for several years now, uh, early next year, and I'm really excited about that, and to finally hopefully get that into people's hands. Um, but really, I just want to keep sharing and growing the brand the same way that I've been doing. I've been posting a lot more uh, journal content, journal content, which is essentially just the blog where I'm showing behind the scenes sharing the tools i use sharing pretty much just everything to help other people uh follow in my footsteps or or help them just to be inspired to do their own thing
0: very cool very cool and um well i lost my train of thought here for a second uh, you, you mentioned uh kickstarter and sharing more and things like that um oh you have a a long list of products that's right uh, so you have a long list of products how do you decide uh which one you want to do next because that's definitely something that i struggle with i've got 19 uh app ideas or plugin ideas I want to write and uh I, I can never choose.
1: Yeah, I think that's the struggle that any entrepreneur uh or creative person faces because there's like there's more opportunities than there is time and making the decision of what I'm gonna spend my time on is something I struggle with all the time. Um I actually just tweeted yesterday there's there's things that I should be working on, things that I wanna be working on when I And I usually default to to working on the things that I want to be working on. Um, So for me, like I know there's certain things that is our bread and butter. Designing t-shirts, selling t-shirts. Every survey we put out, people want more shirts, more colors. Um, I can't ignore that request. Even though I've been doing this for eight years, I've been releasing shirts for eight years. Um, So making sure that I'm not ignoring those key things and then making sure I'm also making time for things that I want to be working on, like these other product ideas, but just trying to find that focus and that balance. I think it's like a constant struggle. Um, It's really just like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, but like when you can't stop thinking about a certain idea and that one idea keeps coming to the surface, usually that's the thing you should be working on, Mm -hmm. on the side or in addition to the, you know, the bread and butter. Gotcha.
0: That's, that's, uh, that's pretty great. That's great advice. Uh, If you... uh... If it keeps coming up, it's it's definitely worth exploring, you know, because, uh, you know, you can have these kind of fleeting ideas like, oh, that would be cool. But if you never think about it again, it might not be worth investing in. But
1: Yeah. And like, what's the goal of the what's the goal of those projects? Sometimes it's like, oh, I could build this app or I could do this thing. But just because you can doesn't mean like, you know, if you're not passionate about it, you're not interested or you're just seeing it as a way to maybe to like make some quick money because something's, you know, current and hot right now that you think you could cash in on like that's going to die off pretty quickly. But if it's that mm-hmm. idea that's like every time you pull out your phone, you're like, I wish this app existed. I keep trying to do this and no one's making it. Um, I feel like that's gotten much more uh, weight to it to, to spend time developing and figuring out because it's something that you're going to be excited about for a while.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and it's something that you use. You know, you started Ugmunk because you wanted T-shirts that other people weren't making. And, and so you've built a business out of that because – it brings the passion, and even on days where you're, you're getting trouble motivated, you're still working on something you're really passionate about, um, which is yep. very cool. Uh, exactly. So, so uh, I want to ask the last question. Uh, so I have, a, I have a, a two-part last question, so we'll just get this one out of the way because I, I don't – I think you hint at on your website that uh, this is a, a a secret you keep close to your chest. But how did you come up with the name Ugmunk?
1: yeah i figured you might ask um maybe someday we'll reveal like the actual origin story or or the or the meaning behind the word the origin story we we tell and and basically i was when i was starting um back in 2008 and was designing these shirts i I hadn't really thought through it much like this is i didn't think about like what am i going to call it what's the website url what's the logo that was all almost an afterthought and then i um when I was trying to go through word games to come up with creative names and I wasn't really approaching it from like a, this is going to be what I'm doing for the rest of my life or for the next eight years. It was just a, mm-hmm. uh, I need to call the side project something and all the words that we came up with were just felt so I felt like we were trying too hard and, and just like, um, weren't really original or unique. So we were joking around and, and threw out different words that we had made up that were just like inside jokes and Googling them. Um, just, really just on a whim. And we, we Googled the word Uggmonk and there was like no results or one result in another language. Um, and then the URL was open. It's short, it's five letters or six letters. And, uh, we grabbed it and just went with it. It was like, literally that was all the thought that went into it. But now if you Google the word Uggmonk, there's like 50,000 or 60,000 results on Google that all come back to our site. Cause we're the only one. Um, so it was a, it was a kind of a fun branding, uh, a happy accident. And, uh, it's become, you know, it's memorable and weird enough that we got to define like what ug monk is.
0: Cool. That's that's awesome. Um and and on that note, uh you, what trade secrets do you do you have any trade secrets for us? Something that kind of keeps you um on track and this could be, you know, something that you apply to business or life or or whatever.
1: Uh, I don't know if I have any trade secrets because um, I feel like most of the trade secrets are like you read these 15 things lists, you know, 15 ways to stay super productive, and all of these like clickbait lists, and then you read through them and you realize like none of it was actually a trade secret. Uh, which which goes back to like I feel like the most successful people are not the ones that are just trying to find uh, the secrets or the magic. Like there's certainly tools and there's ways and methods that enhance your productivity and that. Um, can aid in that but then there's really when it gets down to it i feel like the biggest trade secret is like just go do the work and even when it's hard do the work even when you hit a roadblock do the work um, when you get stuck you know ask for help and just keep pushing through um, there's it's not like a, a magic trick to do that but i think that's where a lot of people um, fall into as soon as their project hits a roadblock they kind of give up or they they get stressed out and they give it up they, they stop working on it
0: Gotcha. I think that's, that's great advice. It's been a common theme throughout, uh, season one. Uh, you know, it's, you always see the person when they become successful, but you don't see everything that happens up until the point before they become successful. So, uh, and, and that's hard work is often behind that. Yep. So
1: I was just going to say that applies to almost anything, actors, athletes, anyone that's been successful, the way that they've, gotten there was years and years of practice and hard work. And then we get to see like the successful part of them. Um, but the same goes for even a business like you're going to you have to keep uh, trying and trying until you finally get to the point and then people see you may see the success on the other side.
0: Yeah, that's that's perfect. So awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for having me on. And thanks to our sponsors, Sakuri and Cyground. Definitely make sure to check them out. They are absolutely great. And until next time, get out there and build something.